0: Welcome, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiologist, and I'm a nutritionist, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. And this is Phil
1: Stevens, the bionic man. Um, I'm back. I'm a powerlifter, coach, Highland Games athlete, and uh, you know, right now recovering hip uh, surgery uh, person, I guess. I don't know what you'd call You're it. Patient. <laughs> patient. There you go. <laughs> hey, yeah.
2: this is uh, Dr. Mike T. Nelson. I'm an exercise physiologist and instructor for globe university
0: all right hey we're Ah. back to our usual format everybody that's nice um we have news and a huge backlog of listener mail uh guys meaning listeners if you sent something and we don't get to it we will soon uh we will soon i printed a lot of this stuff off and lost it of course uh in my chaos so i rebuilt my little list of news and Mail. Let me start with some quick news. Uh, one, um, the National Strength Conditioning Association has their national conference coming up. It's the 38th annual national conference and expo, July 8th through the 11th, in Orlando, Florida. So, if you're interested, I think it's NSCA-lift dot org, if I remember right. Uh, but Google National Strength Conditioning Association. Uh, you could check out their national meeting. Um, they've got a, a keynote presentation here. Uh, Mike Alstott is a six-time Pro Bowl selection Super Bowl champion with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He's going to be there. There's some research there on um, human performance lab and college athletics. Um, Bridging the gap, push, jump, and punch, a developmental approach to teaching athletes the power clean. By Joe Ken. I mean, there's a whole list. I, I'm not going to go down the whole thing, I suppose. There's some stuff on career advice, uh, high school level stuff, coaching stuff. Uh, so the National Strength Conditioning Association, here it is, nsca.com forward slash natcon2015. So NSCA. Uh, there's another meeting, and we don't do this that much, you know, uh, with the meeting announcements. But these are coming through my mailbox, so here we, here we go. Juniata College. Uh, 15th Pennsylvania state strength conditioning clinic. Uh, it seems more like an all inclusive thing. This Pennsylvania one I've never actually attended. So if anybody gets to go see this, I'd love feedback, uh, but it's two days. You get a uh, room for two nights, food registration, all costs covered for two seventy-five. It says 40 lecture and hands-free sessions to choose from. And you get continuing education credits. If you're already a strength coach or a, uh, you know, you, uh, through the National Athletic Trainers Association, that sort of thing. So it's for athletic trainers, strength coaches, personal trainers. You get the idea, exercise and fitness students. So juniata.edu forward slash camps forward slash strength. So I'd love to get feedback. Again, if you're in the mm-hmm. in the eastern part of the Midwest, I don't know. Ohio and Pennsylvania, I guess Pennsylvania would be east. So if you're in the east Check it out. Let us know. Juniata College, 15th Pennsylvania State Strength and Conditioning Clinic.
2: I know the Central Virginia Sports Performance uh, Seminar will be held in, I think it's the middle of July. Um, Lots of top speakers, especially coaches. I know Cal Dietz will be there, Dr. Ben Peterson, a bunch of other guys. So uh, that'd be another one worth checking out, too. So I'll be there, too. So,
0: yeah. Summer almost seems to be a convention season. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Uh,
1: we a bunch of... uh... Iron Radio, former Iron Radio guest coming right up the road from me uh, at this Girls Gone Strong thing.
2: Oh, that's Just right. Sandra
1: Forsyth and all of yep. them are coming here to Kansas City. Cool. So here in a, a month or so. Yeah. Cass but, is
0: a, a quality uh, person. Yeah. Very, very yeah. bright.
1: A few of my clients are going to head up there. They were like, what do you think? I was like, go for it. It's like 14 speakers for $250. I was like, yeah, Go. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Right. If they can organize all that. To, right. So for a good price.
2: Yeah, and I know uh. the organizer for that one, too. And it's very, very well done. Well organized. So very well run event. Yeah.
0: So. All right. Uh, let's see. What else do I have here? Let's get to some of the mail. Uh, some of these might be lengthy questions. I just don't know. You know, this is all listeners. We're, this is obviously not pre rehearsed in any way. We're just going to answer this. So if there's brutal honesty, that's what we do. Uh, the first one is from Max. It says, hey, guys, I've been listening to the show religiously for a long time. A little backstory: I've competed in both powerlifting and bodybuilding uh, with a lightweight class win in a state show. Oh, very nice. 1,200-pound uh, total raw without knee wraps at 165. Last year, I had a hip issue called myositis ossificans, which means I grew an extra bond over my hip flexor, giving me only 40 degrees of flexion. Uh, I had it excised last September, and I'm back to pulling in the mid 400s and squatting in the low 400s so far. Damn, at 165, squatting in the low 4s it's nice work. Anyway, I'm, I'm just here encouraging Phil that after major surgery you can get back to a decent level of lifting and doing it pain-free thanks for the content guys and he even sent a little donation so thank you max
2: yeah thank you oh that's awesome thank
0: you it's it's nice to get the encouragement from someone who's gone through it i mean phil we all know you're you're no stranger to the rehab process but this is a a bigger deal oh yeah i'm in that fun area though where everything's like a
1: pr so, like, I did leg curls with 25 pounds yesterday, and that was like
0: PR, baby. Woo. <laughs> Just laugh about it, have so, fun with it. <laughs> you know um, what? This is uh, more minor, but I'm going to have to have my right elbow surgically repaired. I got back from ISSN, Mike, uh, and it swelled up like water on the elbow. They call it Popeye elbow, or, um, uh, you know, um, I suppose a clinician would call it olecranon bursitis. It's ridiculous, yeah. it's disgusting, it's painful. I'm I'm chewing four ibuprofen, you know, every twelve mm. hours. Um, damn, it's yeah. just, it's like uh, the elbow's not dysfunctional, but I think there's some metal staples floating around in there and just so chewing say, up the tissues. Clean thing, yeah. I'm like, God dang it! And now I have had some encouraging uh, contacts from a couple of people who uh, I've consulted with and that sort of thing. And you know who you are, and said, yeah, I had to have uh, two repairs on a prior joint repair Mm -hmm. and so they don't last forever it just sucks you know because now i'm going to start this uh, first of all i have to wait until the end of july to get in well oh wow great great Mm -hmm. so i I don't know i may actually have to go in this week to the er they'll probably aspirate it you know drain it down because that burst is just filled with inflammatory fluid Make sure there's no infection. They'll probably test it for like white cells and stuff. So, listeners, of course, that's your body's defense against infection. Because it's this happened um, back in April, which is when I started complaining. This time it's worse and it actually turned kind of purple and it's kind of hot. And I'm like, oh, God. Ooh, yeah. So, here we go. You know, in one sense, though, I'm going to look at the bright side. It's going to force me to get under the knife again mm. because otherwise I would have put up with it. Yeah. So, again, it's not a full replacement. I know it's, but it, again, it's still. You know, it sets back your training. I went in the gym the other day to try to be constructive. So I did, like, left arm stuff. I did, like, leg work on, like, hack squats and everything I could do, you know, that didn't call call for right arm elbow flexion and extension. And um, it still got worse. Oh, and I'm like, oh, my God. Um, so whatever. I'll, I'll keep everybody posted. Not that it's that exciting, except when you have to go have it done yourself. You know, then, you know, then you're like, let's go back and listen to those episodes. Now they're valuable. You know, it's not just the old guys bitching about
2: all their battle scars. Was it July before you can get an image to know how bad it is in Lonnie? Yeah,
0: I can't even get in uh, for the initial Uh, appointment for imaging until end of July. So I I don't know. Last time it resolved after about a week, you know, the swelling went down. Uh, But there's a condition where this bursitis becomes chronic. And, you know, this isn't like a little shoulder bursitis or something weird. This is a freakish golf ball on my elbow. And I'm like somewhere between golf ball and baseball. It's disturbing, you know, and I'm just like,
2: "Mm, okay, great. Sounds like some structure is missing or something bad.
0: Uh, Yeah, there's something bad. And anyway, you know, if, if people think, well, he doesn't seem that concerned, it's like, you know again I mean, after what Phil's going through and after yeah. you've gone through this before you're like as long as you keep my, I, I get to keep the function of my right arm <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll live with that but and yeah, again so. taking nothing from Phil this is not like they're gonna have to I hope jam titanium rods in my femur or you know like Phil was doing or in my case well, my well, what are you gonna do it's no it doesn't help to get down you
1: know? yeah <laughs> it doesn't help anything at all no it doesn't so, change, you know? it's no. That.
0: yeah I'm surprised so. at how maybe a little jaded and just you know, laissez-faire I am about. I'm like, okay, just, I don't know. Get me in as soon as you can. It's partly the inconvenience. Like, I don't want to have to go get my elbow drained, get a cortisone shot, uh, et cetera, et cetera, between now and July. We'll see. Maybe it'll resolve. I'm icing the bejesus out of it. Okay, next up, uh, in more positive news... I. We need to get back to acknowledging some of the people who do uh, donate to the show. So I, we got donations from Joe and Sean. And you know who you are. Thank you so much. It does help keep the lights on, so to speak. And um, very cool. One was to help support research. One's just to help pay the server fees. Uh, that kind of thing. This one is from Rich. Rich has been on the show before, uh, so I'm not really reticent about mentioning it. it's rich colasante rich has a background in like oh. medical equipment sales and all that sort of stuff rich knows what's going on he says can you tell me who uh mike walker used for his stem cell injections i'm guessing it's dr Hardesh garg a uh, medical doctor out of jacksonville florida uh can you please advise etc um i would just point you to our facebook page rich because Mike said he'd actually get on there we're actually doing a summer contest where people can basically tell tales of like a phoenix rise from the ashes got back to training that sort of thing after a major injury or a surgery or or what have you and Mike said he would actually participate in that thread I hope he is I haven't actually looked I know there's been 20 or 30 responses already Uh, but I would check that out we did mention I think he went somewhere in Colorado but, again, I'm not sure. He said it was partly part of a research project. And since then, actually, on the way back from Texas, uh, from the ISSN meeting, you know those flight, in-flight catalogs? You get bored. You actually look at them like Sky Mall <laughs> or whatever they are. There's, a, a, there's ads in there for stem cells for all kinds of things. So I don't know. I know it's still new, right? But I don't know if he went to a guy in Florida. So check out the Facebook listener page uh, and see what's up with that. All right, this is a biggie. Uh, Let's see, this is from, it says, Iron Radio listener. This is to Rob. Uh, Hey, I've been listening to you guys for about half a year now on Iron Radio. I really respect and value your input. A few years back, let's see, I'm now into more serious lifting. I'm at a point where I need greater direction and coaching, I think. Now, we mentioned this a little bit before hitting the record button, guys, so he's going to give us a program. It says, essentially, I want to achieve greater gains in the big three, bench, squat, and deads. My routine is mostly compound dumbbell and barbell work with a few cable exercises. I feel like I need someone to lay it out for me and give me a routine specifically to increase my one rep maxes. I just want to get stronger. Generally, I follow more of a powerlifting 5 by 5 or 6 by 4 with regard to routine. I just feel like I am not making any gains in my max efforts for at least half a year now. Truthfully, I know I'm doing things in a very simplified way without variation, and I realize I'm doing myself a disservice. I just don't know what to do to improve. As I said, I would just really like to have someone give me a program to follow. I mean, really spell it out so I can know exactly what to do every day when I hit the gym. Sets, reps, percentages, etc., Uh, I've never done anything in terms of periodization either. Uh, I'm not sure. uh, Is is there any benefit to something like that? Uh, Of course, I'd be willing to pay for the advice. I'm starting with you because I trust your input. Even if your advice is just to refer me to someone, that would help and be cool. Thanks in advance. And then below is my current uh, routine. And there's some more information as well. Uh, It looks like a uh, just chest day. Day two is legs. Day three is back. Day four is legs again. And again, I know I'm leaving out a lot of details for you guys, but it's just too much to cover. Uh, most of this is a, quote, rinse and repeat, close quote, cycle. Nothing too cerebral about it. Uh, I don't do any direct biceps work. I guess I never found that much of an increase in power from it. My elbow tends to hurt when I do that anyway. All right, uh, Phil, how about you go first since you're you're uh, back in the land of the living here? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's
1: a lot of stuff to cover. Um, no, I mean, the first thing I'd do is, yeah, I mean, look for a coach. And, I mean, if he's interested in doing something like with me or something like that, I'd just have him reach out to me. Um, you know, that that's too much info to go over in one show. I mean, for me to – I'd have to have you forward me the program and, and yeah. kind of delve into it. Yeah. But, yeah, it sounds like he's at the point, even mentally, where – He's decided he needs a coach. So right. <laughs> once you're at that point, I mean, you could just be blocking yourself mentally. So yeah, I mean, I, I work with people all all around the world. So I mean, if that's a point where he wants a coach, I mean, I can do it or I can point him to other people that kind of fit his needs. So okay. um, that's what I'd say. I mean, so, so for, through our for Facebook, as, much as you're asking, you're talking about paying somebody, and he doesn't sound like he's against that. So yeah, I mean, that's what I'd do. Facebook
0: page so, he can reach you. Uh, I'm radio yeah, listeners. Yeah, that's fine or... to start
1: out with because I don't want to freaking throw my email out here because then it'll be just loaded right is so, it okay for you
0: if i forward
1: uh, this to you yeah that's fine you can forward to me okay and and we can go from there there's a couple um, of things I, I
0: mean you're right uh and i'm glad that he acknowledged you know i'll pay for this because i'm sure he's heard us even he if he, he has been listening for any length of time that and phil you always bitch about this but you'll go to any number of professionals and you would never dream of leaving the office without paying but when it comes to coaching and fitness people just they want free programs so I'll put me on a program yeah. You know, and with gains, there's a nutrition side to all that, you know, you should be gaining weight slowly over time. You know, a lot of successful lifters, they gain weight in their career because I feel like there's some issues in here that we could touch on, though. Like, he doesn't periodize at all, and it looks like he's got a fairly static kinds of routine, kind of routine.
1: Yeah, um, and I'd say that that's definitely problematic. I mean, except for, I mean, hell, even beginners. I mean… Maybe even more so with beginners is, you know, adding five pounds a week, you know, and run that as long as you can. Um, mm-hmm. And then after that, I don't know, I see it come full circle. It's like with beginners, you can do that. And then for some reason with like more intermediate people, it, it kind of goes weird for a little while. And then you get more advanced and I see them come back to a more sized <laughs> program. Yeah. But it's it's a little shorter in term. You know, it's it's 12 weeks long. And then it's all kinds of peaks and valleys and stuff. But yeah, yeah I mean I definitely set yourself it's hard to <sighs> it's hard to address an issue when you when you can't tell what the issue is and by being on a very set out program you can. You can start, Oh, this is where things went wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, because you have it all written in stone. So you can tell when that stone messed up. Um Whereas if you're just doing the same thing over and over again, of course you're going to get used to that, and progress is going to stall and, right. and things like that. But uh, on the other end of the spectrum, we don't want to be bouncing around and just doing a mishmash of crap all the time. Yeah. So, um,
0: okay. You know what? Let yeah. me ask you, Mike. What do you think? Any thoughts on the periodization or things that he might monitor? Just a few nuggets. You know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, same, same thing as Phil. I mean, I do online coaching. I've done it for a bunch of years. Work with you know people all over the world. That type of thing. So yeah any questions, people can get a hold of me, they can find me. Um, One thing I do that I find is very useful is I monitor heart rate variability. So it's just a measurement that they run through their phone each morning. And then that tells you the status of their nervous system. So are they more parasympathetic or are they more sympathetic? Um, And I agree with all the stuff Phil said, it could be overload, a whole bunch of stuff. But one thing I found is that people tend to respond to different, even like say a strength or a hypertrophy day different. So I've got some guys and even gals who can you know do three, four pretty heavy strength sessions a week. They're usually the minority. Um, and other people can maybe only do one or two, maybe three. Um, so I find that by looking at sort of the cost of doing each session, that allows you to customize it a little bit more. So if they go in, you know, obviously his goal is a big three, so if he does a, a deadlift session and he's wiped out for two or three days, you know, we can either tweak that session, you know, or we can set up the rest of the program to allow for that recovery if he's still mm-hmm. making good progress. Um, where I think in the past I got a little bit too aggressive and said, oh, well, you know, if he did a big lift, eh, you know, 48 hours, you should be fine. Some people are, some people aren't. Uh-huh. Um, so that's what I found is the, the biggest way to try to figure that out a little bit sooner. Um, and that way it's a little bit less trial and error. So you just have more information about how they actually responded to each individual session and obviously oh. nutrition and sleep and everything else plays into there too.
0: Yeah. You know what I think is cool about your uh, use of heart rate variability is you can, again, when Mike says he's he uh, use a phone, he means a smart phone, right? smartphone. Smartphone, yeah. And of course what it does is it's that elusive measurement, like local – soreness and that sort of thing recovery is easier to assess but s- more centralized stuff is really quite hard i mean you don't, can't expect people to be constantly be doing like salivary cortisol which would be very iffy anyway you know are you in more of a fight or flight or a restive digestive mm-hmm. or even exhausted state so heart rate variability is a non-invasive way to look at the systemic side he did mention he said um I found as I was getting older, I didn't recover as fast. So hence the single muscle group routine that I mentioned as opposed to something else as far as feeling good and having no injuries.
1: Well, and I mean, that can also not be age. I mean, that's what people don't
0: understand is
1: as you get stronger, you don't recover as fast either. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of like 80% is 80%. And I tell my clients that, you know, because they'll be like, yeah, but you did so much more weight than me. You know, I was like, "Yeah, but your eighty percent is still your eighty percent." So you're working hard, yeah. but at the end, like eighty percent of seven hundred isn't eighty percent of two hundred fifteen. <laughs> you know, so um, you know, there is some recovery issues there. And as you get stronger, there has to be adjustments made. What worked for you when you were five years ago, when your total was eight hundred pounds, and now your total is fifteen hundred, may not work. You're gonna have to make adjustments with right. that, that recovery time.
0: You know, as an so. academic, I can tell you it's hard to explain to people initially the difference between gross and relative percentages or you know gross and relative load maybe because mm-hmm. if you like you said if you stick with just percentages uh yeah and you say oh you know 80 percent, you should be doing like eight reps with 90 yeah. percent of one rm you should be doing four reps that's sort of textbook yeah. but boy that falls mm-hmm. apart when you start getting yes. really
2: strong yeah you yeah know. and in different athletes you see that too i'm sure phil sees it all the time you've got mm-hmm. you know some guys or gals who are good for multiple singles yep. above 90 percent and you look at like elite rowers or some group like that that's you know high output repetitively Mm -hmm. and they're knocking out you know multiple reps and vice versa oh yeah huge variability
1: even individuals yeah like you're talking about individuals and you put them on a tendo or something like that and you can see okay we're going to do 10 sets of two at 70 percent or something like that and watch where they peak i have athletes that like peak on the first or second set and then it's a downhill slide from there and then i have other ones that come set eight or nine they're actually putting out their most power so, you got to, that's the type of thing to figure out, too. I mean, I have athletes where I purposely, we got to have a much more extensive warm up because you're better mm-hmm. when you're warm. And then I have other ones that it's like, man, we're not going to warm up overly at all because you'd be go toast. in the crapper, you know, real fast. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Um, it's figuring all that stuff out. So Yeah. And I've got to say, too, people get really stagnant with their nutrition as well. You know, mm-hmm. you get oh, in a yeah. habit, yeah. very habit based, yes. you know. And I mean, it might be time to mix <laughs> it up. Maybe you go through a, again, he, he, because of the, lack of periodization, maybe you do periodize your nutrition with it. You're like, listen, for the next Mm -hmm. 12 weeks or 20 weeks, I'm going to just crash forward and make some serious freaking growth gains here, Mm -hmm. you know, and calories are going to be part of that, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So, So. uh, um, yeah. And I mean, yeah, so either drop me or Mike
1: or both of us line. I, I'm, I'm totally for at least shooting you some advice. And then you can make the call from there I mean, I'm not a total dick Like, I'm not going to tell you anything Unless you give me money (laughs) You know Let you make an educated choice And I can give you an idea What we're You know,
0: what I'm talking about But, I mean Yeah, so Yeah, I can tell you There are people in the industry Who will be that dick to you Oh, yeah You know Because they're tired They're tired of And again He he doesn't sound like he's a young man But especially the young men saying Put me on a routine, doc You know, it's like Well, No (laughs) <laughs> you know, well, you, they don't because they. I just don't think they're educated in, uh, to the point where they know what they're asking. Right? Yeah, you're they asking don't know for what you don't know. Yeah, you're asking for dozens of hours of um, nutrition, physiology, coaching, monitoring. You know, these are services. It's not like a single product. Like here's the email. It's the product. Well, good luck to you. Uh, it's an ongoing. It's very hard to control. You don't monitor, and you know I think Mike knows that more than anybody. But Phil's monitoring is not always with electrodes all over people, but like, like he, like you're just saying, Phil, like noticing that people start to get gassed after eight sets, or some people are actually just hitting their peak at that point. You know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff there. So, yeah.
2: and you're also paying for the knowledge, the background, the accumulated experience to know even if you can get there in less time that, okay, you need to do this, right? Cause you know, the research says this, or I've seen this, you know, 500 times, right? So in essence, you're paying for that, uh, background to get them to where they want to go in a shorter time too. Right. Yeah.
0: It's, it's expensive it's, to get yeah.
2: degrees and travel all over the world. Like Phil's done, you know, for sure. Yeah.
1: And I mean, but then there's the other end of the spectrum. Like I had somebody I almost sent to you because he, he's a client of mine with training and uh, help with nutrition. And, before he came to me, he went to somebody, and they wanted to charge him. What oh, was it, fifteen hundred dollars for three months to send nothing else but macros? Yes. Like, okay, here's macros for three months. Yeah. Pretty steep, no, no standard. No ideas of what to eat. No, I did all you get is protein, carbs,
0: fats. There you go. Fifteen hundred dollars. It was like, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? It's a blasphemy. <sighs> I've seen that many times, like twelve, fifteen hundred to put you on a like almost like a pre-competition get ripped kind of thing. Or yeah. Yeah. again, they want well, your I mean, macros. There was
1: nothing involved with it. It was just macros. It was like, dude, I can. I can pull macros out of my rear end. And the thing with macros is, like I was trying to explain to him, Blind. like I'm dealing with five-figure competitors now, and those macros might change weekly. Yeah. You know? yeah. So how is he going to set you up with three months
0: off the bat? Well, and, metabolic uh, rate changes. It's a dynamic yeah. thing. It goes up and down. I mean, Ugh. people don't think about there's allergies, intolerances, food mm-hmm. likes and dislikes, kitchen skills. I mean, it goes on yes. meds, prior surgery, medical history. Uh, Oh, my God. (laughs) And I wasn't, that's, I'm not saying I wasn't so much bulking the price. I'm
1: so much what you get. That's like buying a freaking Toyota and paying a Lamborghini price. Right.
0: That's right. Well, the the problem. Don't even, right. right. (laughs) Don't even get me started. I mean, the industry, it seems to be about uh, (sighs) people trying to awkwardly reinvent the wheel. In -hmm, fact, I was just talking to Sean Casey. I think next year at ISSN, we might do a, a, a talk on how, uh, Licensed nutritionists do the nutrition care process because I mean this is a process that's evolved over decades. And what I see is a lot of fitness trainers and chiropractors and people like that. They they sort of they feel like they've got some nutrition background because they took a couple of classes, but they don't realize how developed this is and how many holes or missing parts are in their little homemade assessment. Right? You don't just make up a Mm-hmm. Uh, the nutrition care process and sort of imitate it. You know, there's a, and again, we wouldn't be presenting something like that to, um, tell people who are unlicensed to go practice but i do think it would open a lot of eyes as to how much goes into this like hour-long session you know where when you intake someone into the system and you know it's it's part of the medical system for a reason there's a it's very structured and it's been given a lot of thought by some very smart people but instead we get people just saying give me your macros and, and 1500 wow no All right, next up. um, You know what? I'll tell you what. Let's go to break quickly uh, because we're pushing the half-hour mark here. When we come back, we're going to talk about, let's see, DNA testing. Uh, Mike, you might like that. Uh, Bodybuilding cutting phase. I think we all have some stuff to say on that. And there's a specific supplement uh, that actually a friend of mine who's a philosophy professor uh, was asking about. So we'll be back after the break. Hi, this is Dr. Lowry with an update on the protein book that you hear about in the ad at the end of the show. Uh, if you simply Google CRC Press in protein, uh, there's a new development. On the right side of the page, you can see ebook, and there's a purchase slash rent option. And the cool thing here is if you check that out now because they have an agreement with Vital Book, uh, you can actually download the ebook for 69 US dollars. So that's 31% off the 99.95 uh cover price. So that's pretty fantastic. $69, I think that's going to drop it into the affordable range for a lot of people and you can even rent it. Uh, lower down the page they have 180-day rentals and 1-year rentals so you can access the book in electronic format and get some of this juicy information. So thanks. Iron Radio listeners are a unique bunch. You value both in-the-trenches' skills and the research and evidence that informs it. That's why, as a listener-supported show, we occasionally do funds drives to keep everything free and advancing. Did you know your donations at www.ironradio.org pay for web servers? They allow for small sponsorships of gifted competitors or students, and even partly fund research on our specific population. That's what we're asking for during the spring and early summer funds drive. Dr. Lowry, that's me, and some students are on the verge of some key discoveries involving caffeine and explosive lifts, but we need help to get the message out. If you value the authenticity, expertise, and real progress Iron Radio provides, please consider a donation. Any amount is appreciated, but if you could put forward $25 or more and email Robert Fortney at hotmail.com about it, We'll send you some behind-the-scenes audio lab notes that were recorded during data collection. They offer true insight into what research is like on barbell athletes. Thank you for considering it.
2: Like your weekly
0: fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. All right, listeners, we are back. We're doing an episode waiting through... Just a crap ton here of uh, listener mail and news and ratings and reviews, all kinds of things. I did want to say something quickly. If you're used to uh, some of the more nutrition science news stuff, uh, we don't have time for it this week. But I think next time uh, we're going to talk about a couple of things. Uh, Avocados, very interesting new stuff on that. Um, Coffee myths, I think it's a, a neat Little uh, article I have. Mm. Uh, one is on, and maybe listeners have already heard of this, and I'm behind the curve. But berberine, have you guys heard of this stuff? Yeah, mm-hmm. the compound called berberine. Uh, we'll touch on that too. Uh, so cool stuff coming down the nutrition front as well. Uh, before we get to some of our listener questions, it's been ages, also, since we we looked at what people are saying on iTunes, and you know, we always talk about it's hard to control what you don't measure. So um, here are some of what people are saying. Um, Best lifting podcast out there. Rob, Phil, Lonnie, John Mike, and Mike T. Nelson are a great blend of brains and brawn. After more than a year of listening, I still can't wait for my weekly fix, although I do miss Rob and his broken toilet seats. (laughs) Keep it up, brothers of metal. That's Paul. That's funny. For listeners who haven't listened that far back, Rob is... So damn big that he breaks toilet seats. He's always Mm. buying toilet seats. It's just fun. Plus, he he eats so much, he's probably putting a lot of mileage (laughs) on those
2: toilet seats.
0: Yeah, it's got to go somewhere. Let's see. Next up is from Nostalgic Two. The guys are great at presenting a wealth of information in ways that are not only informative, but entertaining and useful. I look forward to my weekly fix of Iron Radio. Again, with the fix coming. Oh, this is good. This is by Swole Kine. It's the, the uh, review is called This You Can Trust and if you're not familiar with it that's a classic uh, to me that jumps out as a Conan quote mm-hmm. right you know you can't trust yep. women or beasts or this or that but this you can trust it's just from the beginning of the Conan flick classic stuff um, and you know what for our female listeners you could switch that and say can't trust men if you want that's fine mm-hmm. uh, it says podcasts are like audio books the quality of the narration is important uh, or more important than what's being read. And an excellent narrator can make a great book seem even greater. That's exactly what we have here on iron radio. The quality of the content is impeccable with some of the best coaches, scientists, and athletes in the iron game contributing to the show. The hosts are just fantastic. Uh, Dr. Lonnie, Phil Fortress, Dr. Nelson, and almost Dr. Mike. Oh, there's even more to this one. Our wealth of knowledge, experience, and banter. I'll give you the banter. Um, I've listened to just about every episode of this show, some multiple times. I always looked forward to each week's new release. Long live Iron Radio! Thank you. That's cool. Yeah, these are these are uh, these are kind of how we get paid. (laughs) There's not a lot of my warm and fuzzies in the morning, (laughs) no doubt. Um, This one, more twenty, you know, late spring 2015 stuff. Great information on lifting and life. Listen to all the episodes with Dan, John, Dave Tate, Ken O'Neill, and Jim Wendler. Is what he says. That's from Max WKW. Next one says, "Keeping it real, no bull." And keeping it real is the name of the game. That's funny. That's by uh, I Travi. That's actually a, a theme I think in a lot of these reviews. They say, "Oh, these guys are real." You know, it, it's unfortunate almost that people think if you're an elite coach or a scientist, somehow you're no longer real or you're not speaking in in real language anymore. And I, that's a shame. And I, I think that's sort of why we do this. Next one from Floyder 27 awesome, awesome resource for weight trainers, great hosts with great varieties of experiences. I really miss Rob, though. I should get Fortress to listen to this episode. He'll feel good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next, no BS for beginners and seasoned lifters. I'm a beginner lifter, and Iron Radio has been a great source of knowledge and inspiration to me. Thanks, guys. Uh I'll just do. I'll go back through some of the 2015. I'm not going to go back into 2014 because we've got like I don't know, well over 300 of these. Um, this is excellent recovery aid by Stud Total. Uh, just just tapped out a long review on my phone, but it got deleted because my oh. username was already taken. So summary: <laughs> one, Lonnie's buoyant tone and Phil's sniffle sometimes put me to sleep <laughs> before the <laughs> before the segment is even finished. But this is a huge plus. Because he likes to listen, and he listens before going to sleep. Two, I miss Rob. Oh, look, there it is again. Three, great knowledge and experience from Lottie and Phil. Great structure, uh, the music, the sound bites, the intros, the topic of the day. Uh, These guys carry the torch of the quiet kind of crazy, the quiet kind of crazy, that makes (laughs) subversion effective. That is, of the corporate fitness industry, etc., and soft, pasty cubicle dwellers. They're not selling anything but self-improvement, and they're giving it away for free. Lift heavy, yep. eat a lot, sleep, and own the process. I like nice. it. Yeah. Um, one more. Thank you, Iron Radio. You guys are great to listen to. Your information is straight up illuminating. I hope to hit my goals in part from your show. Sweet. That's from Atwar664. Nice. So there's some fun stuff. I want to touch on one thing, though, from Stud Total. He said, um, oh, the structure. I think that's actually very important to a podcast. Podcasts that don't have the structure when, you know, with a little bumper like, oh, here's news. Or, oh, here's a mid-show break. Uh, those guys, a lot of those podcasts tend to ramble because mm-hmm. there's no structure. Uh, so, yeah, we, we're trying to be professionals here. Trying. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a work in progress. Yeah, in, in, Indeed.
0: All right, let's do some of these questions quickly then. Um, Mike, this one might be best for you. DNA yeah. fitness testing. Hey, guys, mm. love the show. I went to Phil's seminar in Edmonton almost two years ago, oh, and it was uh, awesome. Uh, nice. Just wondering if this DNA testing to determine your optimal diet and workout regimen is legit, or is it some more BS? Thanks again for all the awesome free content you guys put out. Ken. Okay, Ken.
1: Yeah, I no
2: Ken. Yeah, the – there's a whole bunch of different companies that are popping up all over now. Um, I've had a couple of clients who have actually done the testing, not from my recommendation, but they had <laughs> they'd already done it. So I'm like, yeah, well, I want to see it. Yep. And one, well, let's say, unnamed company did basically only two real markers, one for aerobic performance and one for anaerobic performance. And then they had you fill out this huge questionnaire of your background and what you do for training and the recommendations they gave were pretty good but they weren't based on anything really genetic per se they were just based on the background that they did you know so they said hey more protein more veggies blah 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 one other one i got and i can't remember the name of the company was a little bit better i think it was a canadian company but um but even then they actually went down and tested you know a few more markers the hard part about all of it too is that i especially on the nutrition side, and you guys can chime in too, I don't think we're remotely close to what's going on. There's a few things that are useful that, you know, your physician can test for. You can even do like a 23andMe, which is a very basic genetic screening. If people are going to do it, um, I ran mine. I think that's probably the best way to go. You can get fancy and then take that data and export it to, you know, different things that will give you more information. The FDA kind of cracked down on 23andMe about what they can tell you, um, but there is some good info like on there, like for uh, caffeine metabolism, if you're a fast or slow metabolizer, um, APOE, looking at you know how well you may be able to handle <coughs> dietary fats. So there's a few things like that, methylation, but beyond those kind of sort of, I'd say, more basic health parameters, I haven't been too impressed with the, the sports or the nutrition ones. And then... On top of that, a uh, really good book, the, the Sports Gene. It's really, really worth reading. We don't really know exactly how much those interact, per se, and how much the epigenetics, right. so in essence, how yeah. your environment now interacts with your genetic material affected. So for the most part, I'd say if you want to do it, probably 23andMe is probably your best bet for some generic info, but I haven't haven't been impressed by the other ones that I've seen so far.
0: Yeah, I've got twenty three in me open right now. Actually, uh, Doctor Cotter, Josh Cotter was yeah. mentioning this. Um, I think it was after we went to the Spain conference uh, in twenty thirteen. Uh, he seemed to be impressed by the potential of it, but I agree with you, Mike. I mean, just knowing certain aspects of your blueprint, um, that's not a hundred percent predictor of what's going to happen to you. You know, mm, yep. because there's different environmental stressors and stimuli that could affect which genes are turned on or turned off, hence epigenetics. And listeners, if you're not familiar, uh, you can go YouTube stuff on epigenetics. I think one's called, um, is it Ghost in the Machine? There's a couple of different neat um, aspects, and they actually explain epi means upon. So this is a system that lies upon your genetics, and it tends to turn genes on and off. Uh, Yeah, so it's not a 100% predictor. You know, We were just talking the other week about how, for example, your gut bacteria – which are not your dna at all they predict obesity with something like 90 percent accuracy uh whereas your genetics only predict obesity with like a 60 percent uh, accuracy so you know there's other there's other shit going on here uh it says let me read you this really quickly it says 23andme is a dna analysis service providing information and tools for individuals to learn about and explore their dna and what I think you're not going to hear is how valuable is learning about your DNA. I think it's valuable, but it's not the end all. Um, they talk about the kind of chip they use, uh, et cetera. They're CLIA certified. Uh, that the, that's the Clinical Lab Improvement Act. Uh, we won't go on about that. But, so they seem to be legit with a lot of this. I think they have been in a little bit of trouble with some regulatory agencies. Uh, you have to be careful what kind of claims you make.
2: Yeah, Uh, that was the issue.
0: Yeah. So, uh, in fact, on here it says your privacy and security, the Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act, or GINA, is a U.S. federal legislation that protects Americans from discrimination on the basis of genetic info. Click here for more. So I don't want to make this an ad. I'm not sure how much it costs if I browse around here.
2: Yeah, 23andMe used to be around $100, but it may have changed. Oh, what they were actually trying to Mike. Yep, do that's with what it that is. is they were actually when they initially started, they were selling it at cost or actually losing money on the genetic testing, but they wanted the genetic database, and that's what the business model was set up as. Okay, so they're actually yeah. collecting as much genetic info as they can, and that since you can say, "Yeah, you can de-identify my info and then use it for your research purpose." Last I heard, that was the main business model, not necessarily selling the genetic info to one-off consumers. Mm, Right.
0: I have seen some cool stuff, like uh, some of my advanced nutrition textbooks do nice little reviews. They're usually sidebars and chapters, right, because this is so new. Uh, Like you were saying, I mean, certain conditions, they're so polygenetic that just knowing one or two genes in the process, or like you you mentioned before, Mike, how they interact, uh, just – two or three interact or what if there's a hundred genes involved with a condition how do they all interact it's just yeah it provides sort of limited info but i do think it's cool it's another thing to assess yeah and a hundred bucks i don't know it doesn't seem uh bad it's it's mostly like you said i i would be the most critical of what are those recommendations coming out of that because everything would have so many caveats and pro quos and you know i don't know
2: yeah, and the hard part they realize, too, I think, is that most people don't understand just that it's an increased risk, right? So even if you have a high genetic determinant of, you know, breast cancer, it's still a risk. It's not like you're 100% guaranteed to have it. You know, they've shown studies of genetic twins, right? And one gets cancer, the other one doesn't, right? So even in those cases, you know, nothing is 100% genetically mm-hmm. determined, other than a few, you know, rare diseases and that type of thing, which people would already know about, so. Uh-huh. Right, yeah.
0: Okay, one of these is from a former student. Maybe I'll put that on hold. I better double-check, even if I keep it anonymous with that one. Um, he's made some amazing progress, though. Wow. He's gone from football lineman kind of body to almost approaching bodybuilder kind of body. That's pretty amazing. Maybe We'll get to that in a future week, I think. Um. Oh, you know what? One last thing about the DNA. Uh, some of the those reviews I was mentioning in textbooks, there are certain things that are not necessarily controlled by many, many genes. And you can find out some very interesting things. Like not everybody reacts to fish oil the same way. Their blood lipids yeah. react differently or caffeine, you know. Um, and every year, once a year, I believe, Medicine, Science, Sports, and Exercise, MedSci is a journal. They actually do a performance genetics update about what's going on. And they have powerhouse, like, exercise fizz, geneticist crossovers like Frank Booth, you know, write some of this stuff. But they actually do a review. Like, there are certain genes that make you susceptible to Achilles rupture, you know, stuff like that. And it would be nice to know if you have certain things because Mm. it might, well, maybe I won't do certain plyometric exercises then, you know, uh, whatever. So there's some cool stuff. Or maybe fish oils won't do for me what I thought they would do. You know, that can be very cool.
2: And one quick thing on that, too, Dr. Brad Schoenfeld just posted, and I haven't read it yet, but there's a new article called The uh, Skeletal Muscle Signature of a Champion Sprint Runner. Uh, this is from Dr. Strat-Trapi, uh From their lab, they do a lot of, you know, uh, sprint and power and genetic research. This is in the Journal of Applied Physiology, June 15, uh, 2015. And in essence, it's looking at what are the factors from you know fiber type to gene expression, and this was of an N of one, so one person, but very high level athlete. Um, so that's kind of interesting to see how those things you know kind of play and and work off each other.
0: All right, let's see. Let's let's do one more here. Um, this is from an old friend of mine, childhood friend. Uh, Again, he's a philosophy professor on the East Coast, and he's asking specifically about a recovery product. So he says, hey, Lonnie, I hope you're well. Now that the term is over here, we've got some breathing room, time to catch up. Um, I'm also writing to ask you a sports nutrition-related question. You're the only person I know who would give me honest account of this stuff. You know, isn't it funny how many people say that to all of us? Like, mm-hmm. I just want some honest. <laughs> I just want some honest information. I don't know. It makes you feel good that, you know, you are filling a niche. Like how many people out there are actually just offering information and not trying to twist it for purely revenue purposes? I don't know. Now, he says, I bought a new bike. Now, this guy and I used to lift together, uh, but he's getting into cycling and that sort of stuff. He's getting pretty gassed during really hard rides. I figured I would have gotten used to it by now. And again, he, so he'd be my age. So he's, he's late 40s, mid-late 40s. I started wondering if there was anything I could ingest that might help in the process of recovery or energy supply. So I think this applies to a lot of people who do like the high rep and uh, you know that kind of training, maybe CrossFit. We'll see. But uh, I look around at some so-called pre-workout supplements, and I stumbled on this one. So this is about a muscle farm product. It's called Assault and muscle farm is doing some good things they're funding research uh i think john mike knows some of those guys personally i don't know if you do uh Dr. yeah muscle, i know
2: but, jordan and yeah a uh, few of the guys there they're at ISSN again
0: so he sent me a jpeg of the nutrition label and whatnot and i can tell you what i said to him
2: so some of this stuff
0: is super summarized but obviously, I warned him a little bit about some things, you know, because a lot of these products they throw in everything but the kitchen sink. And I think mm-hmm. some of it works, and there's certain things that, if you're experienced, you could say, "All right, that's good, that's a real, that's actually effective." And this other stuff, I'm not sure. I said because he was looking at it for some carbs and literally some energy. He's, I said, I'm surprised there's essentially no carbs in it. You know, I might mm-hmm. add some type of carb or maybe even combine it with, I don't know, even if it was just some kind of dilute tang or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just get a little bit of simple carbs in there if you don't want to get completely gassed while you're trying to keep up the you know the power output. But um, I thought the vitamin C content was a little high. This is partly because I prefer 250 milligram doses of vitamin C. A lot of people don't realize when you start getting up to 500 milligrams or 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C, You're absorbing less and less with those bigger and bigger doses, and it it surprised a lot of our listeners. But even a big man saturates his tissues, saturates at about 200 milligrams per day. So I've got some good uh, evidence for that. So think about if you saturate a sponge completely with water, you can't get any more in there. Now, you could temporarily get your serum levels higher. So sometimes I'll do that, like I'll take a two fifty milligram vitamin C every few hours when I have a cold, just to try to shorten, you know, the duration or uh, limit the symptoms. Uh, but anyway, so it's pretty high on the C. It's got beta alanine in it. I think we can all agree there's some cool research on that, neuroprotective, you know, acid buffering and muscle tissue. So you might be able to get through some of those extra reps. Some people are very s- sensitive to the paresthesis, that weird tingling. I know I am. Uh, Phil, have you ever tried uh, beta alanine? Yeah. Does yeah. it make you tingle a lot? Or Yes, big time. Yeah, I, I'm real <laughs> sensitive to that. What about you, Mike? Are you... Uh...
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sensitive to it. It's Yeah, I think that's the biggest downside. And there's a study, I think, that showed Koreans don't seem to be sensitive to it. But other than that, most people are to some degree. Hmm.
0: Back to the genetic thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so... The research is interesting on that because it essentially it looks like there's no ceiling for how much you can take to get some of these benefits, and yet, I don't know. Um, it, it's harmless, I should point out. Most people tell you the tingling sensation is harmless. It's just weird, uh, and it's, it can be disturbing. But
2: um, Roger Harris was at ISSN this year again talking about it. So Right. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: And he's, he'd, he'd be the man. He's the man. <laughs> uh, cell transport and insulin section on the label. I said, you know, frankly, there's not a lot of evidence to that. You always hear this stuff about cell transport of of carbohydrates and this and that. And the industry has been tinkering with that for decades. And it just doesn't really amount to much. It seems like every herb under the sun helps you dispose of blood glucose into your muscles, you know, stuff like that. Or I I don't know. So you got to be careful because sometimes they'll take some of the additional products or you know supplement ingredients and they'll try to make it sound like it was on purpose and i'm not even sure if it's in there the dose is so low or they're just really reaching with indirect stuff so the cell transport insulin stuff i don't know how exciting that was especially because i didn't see cars really of any extent in the product so um and it also had caffeine and branched chain amino acids i would consider both of those more or less legitimate caffeine certainly is uh for making you feel better the research doesn't always show lower perceived exertion with caffeine which surprises a lot of people but uh, the research that we just presented in japan we're looking at the cognitive effects versus the motor you know the physical neuromuscular effects Um, and they don't always correlate very well but make no mistake there is a muscular effect going on with uh between three and five milligrams maybe three and six milligrams of caffeine per kg of your body weight and then branched chain amino acids um I think leucine is one of the branch chains, and it's hard to argue. I think that it's not important on some level. The leucine content of a meal is part of the anabolic stimulus. Uh, but, Mike, I thought maybe you can um, entertain what your thoughts are. People just pop branch chain amino acid pills by themselves.
2: Yeah, just branch chains by themselves are probably not that useful. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you compare that intra-workout to nothing else, if you're going to do that or fasted, eh. Maybe a little bit of a benefit, but yeah, I agree with what you said. And there's a whole debate at ISSN about the effectiveness of leucine and like you said, I agree that it it seems to be helpful, but again, you're gonna need other proteins, you're still gonna need energy. So the the biggest thing I do with a lot of people's nutrition is they say, Yeah, I'm doing this session, it's fasted and I'm only having branch chains. I usually swap it out for a whole protein in general. That's usually my <laughs> Let's, first preference. Unless they have yeah. you know, gut issues or other something highly specific they're doing.
0: Yeah. Actually, that's partly what I told him. I said, all in all, not bad. I said, I tend to just use a caffeine tablet with a yeah. half a scoop of whey protein and some carbs, like 30 to 60 grams of carbs for the, with the calories and the sense of energy. He said, if you feel like you need even more energy because uh, this guy – he's on the thin side you know he's always been thin and muscular but i said you know might want to consider some medium chain triglyceride oil too you know just for some additional energy now as far as during the ride i don't think that's going to help his performance but for extra calories uh in, in general throughout the day i just bought uh, a big bottle uh, from the now people of mct oil you know i'll throw like a cap full in uh here and there you don't want to take more than about a cap full you know a, a teaspoonful at a time probably though you don't end up with diarrhea or something but um, I, th- I think it's beneficial like I said caffeine we know is going to work you could probably do something similar at least with uh, caffeine and some whey protein and carbs and MCTs you know uh, but again I'm not formulating this so uh, some there is a convenience issue with some of this you know what I mean where people are like well I could do all that but I just want to throw a scoop into into my workout bottle
2: okay you know i can see that so and the Vitargo uh, post product not to sound like i'm some shameless shill for a company but i don't make any money off of it Um, but it's a hydrolyzed whey protein with uh, Vitargo, which is a fast-acting carbohydrate i know phil's used it in Mm -hmm. the past too Um, i've used it with a lot of endurance athletes and crossfit athletes and the nice part is that I, other than one person who had a bunch of existing digestion issues in the past, I haven't found any digestion issues with it at all. And I've used that in ridiculous high amounts and oh, some hmm. pretty competitive people too. So sweet,
1: yeah. That's a good point. No, I mean it's different. It just takes getting used to that
0: stuff. It's this
2: weird, yes. it's a different taste. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've never tried it. Yeah, it's a little bit odd, huh?
1: Well, it's just kind of starchy thick, but I I liked it because it's not, I'm not the fan of sickly sweet, and it's not.
2: Yeah, it's not super sweet, which some people then complain. Well, it's not sweet enough, and other people (sighs) are like, well, I didn't care for the flavor as much, you know, and flavors are so highly personalized anyway. exactly. I don't mind it, but it's not super overpowering. It's like
1: a
0: thick Gatorade. Yeah. 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 Hmm. I know, yeah, cool. Yeah, we're like that in my family, too. Like, we actually like some of this, like, when we rarely get some type of, uh, like, a latte or something at Star- mm-hmm. Starbucks, they taste less sugary, at least. Like, mm-hmm. we don't eat a lot of sugar in my house, so we actually prefer stuff that doesn't taste ridiculously sweet. Yeah. You know, so that sounds appealing, but. All right, guys, we are out of time. Yeah. So, It's a good time. Glad so. to have
2: Phil back. Sounds yeah. like you're, uh. Yeah, when the surgery went well. Sharp.
0: Yep. yep.
1: I'm, I'm not highly medicated. I'm medicated, but not highly. So I'm, I'm able to speak. So to Onward speak. and upward, man. I've got to keep keep recovering. And right now it's just walking. So walking and riding the bike. Everybody, all my clients are like, what are you doing on the bike? You know? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a different thing, but it's a, it's a daily occurrence now. So, and then I just ordered two prowlers. So that'll be next step. Oh, there you oh, go. There you go. Uh, it'll be pushing,
0: pushing sleds. So. You know, yeah. for those of you who have sort of I don't know if anybody actually complains. Most people say it's enlightening, but if you're like, "Oh, they're back to these old guys are injured again," it's like, you know what? That's (laughs) who we are. So swallow it. (laughs) I don't know what to
2: say.
0: (laughs) We're going to be talking about this, you know. And like I said, if it happens to you, it'll suddenly matter. Yeah,
1: exactly. Hey, I'm in good company, man. I got the same exact hip that Ed Cone has. So right on. I'm hoping that I get somewhere near his total now.
2: Yeah, so transfer, right? <laughs> yeah a little bit of that yeah. power <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly he'll rub off on me a bit so cool anyways thanks a lot
2: guys yep see ya yeah, thanks guys
0: <clears throat> hey listeners have you seen the store at ironradio.org There are three halls in the store one for Phil, one for fortress and one for myself Dr. Lowry and they're thematic so you can go into our halls of iron store and choose based on your goal if you need something to learn or read or something nutritional you can look in my store uh, Lonnie's store if you want something about injury prevention uh, or competition then take a look at Phil's Hall of Iron and if you want something about motivation or daily training Fortress's Hall has what you're looking for There are some fun, heroic descriptors uh, as you browse through the stores. We try to make it a little more fun than the average, boring online store. And whether you're a novice lifter or someone more experienced, you can take heart that you're not wasting your time. The things that we put in each hall of iron are actually based on our own recommendations. Protein powders that we know to be good, uh, knee sleeves, wraps of some kind, things that Fortress uses in his own training, uh, the stuff you, you see, you know is good. This way you don't waste time. So check out the Iron Radio store at ironradio.org and um, let us know what you think on the forums and certainly you can request products and we will uh, screen them before they go in. So thanks for listening. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the